Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, we're George and James and today we're getting pretentious with Tom York's Anima. I think you have it on vinyl as well, James. I do, yeah. It is a bloody gorgeous vinyl as well. It is. Um, is it the same artist that does all the stuff for... Um... It is, it's Stanley Donwood. Yeah, because um... it also comes with two little... Uh... Oh, if I can get it out. Like, even the two little inserts with the vinyls in come with all of his gorgeous artwork, pencil sketches. Sorry for the people watching, listening to the podcast, but... Um... Go over to YouTube and watch it and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So, how are you, Josh? I'm good. I'm uh, good. Eagle-eyed uh, viewers will notice that we're recording this on the same day as the last episode. Yeah, we are, we are wearing the exact same clothes. Yeah. Did not think that through. So, what can you do? Don't worry, next time we'll hide that with some wardrobe changes. Yeah, and you'll know you'll be none the wiser. No. Um, yeah, how are you? What have you been listening to, George, or watching recently? Ooh, what have I been watching? I did recently watch Umbrella Academy, mm. which you were saying your partner's watched. Yes. Well, I'm not right. sure if she's finished all of it, although probably would have finished it tonight by the time I've got back. Yeah. Um, it's not It's not bad. It's not good. It's, yeah. It's a refreshing look on superheroes, I guess. And it's very weird. Like, it's very... It looks very stylized from what I've yeah. seen. Um, I haven't really seen much other than seeing... I've seen a lot of the visuals because I've Not had my headphones in listening to something else. Yeah. Uh, but seen like a lot of the visuals and it does look quite stylized. It's also got... I want to say his name's Nathan something. I can't remember his exact name, but the guy who was in Misfits. Okay, yeah. Is the guy who can't die. Yeah. Which is funny because he also talks to the dead in this one. So oh, okay. it's interesting. But yeah, no, I, I really like him. He's got a really good comedic timing. Um, is it a bit like... Strikes me as a little bit like a more zany... Do you remember Heroes back in the day? A little bit. A little bit, but more like it's been dragged straight out of a graphic novel. Yeah. Because it has, but... That's what I mean when yeah. I say like zany, because it, it... Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like it's got that slight Scott Pilgrim vibe. Yeah, a weird noise going on outside. Yeah, I've just noticed that there's some sort of bee in our flat, or wasp. Better not be a wasp. This will make an interesting addition to the. Uh... George is now currently um, looking for a wasp. While he's doing that, I'm going to tell you all to hit subscribe on this video on YouTube and also hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on or if you're not subscribed on any podcast platform the link and you're watching this on YouTube the link is in the description uh, below to Apple Podcasts and Spotify so if you want to go and follow us there subscribe there that's all very much appreciated Um, George is still Struggling away with this. Um, yeah, he's really struggling. 
George, the other day, got stung by a wasp on the inside of his lip. Um, I won't put the photo in the video of this podcast because uh, it was actually quite unpleasant. But George's face swelled up massively, um, which is why we couldn't record the other day. We were supposed to record the other day, but he couldn't because he... Did George just kill the wasp? I don't know, but there was a crunch noise. There was a crunch noise. Apologies, did not mean for that to happen. I do not usually try and kill animals. George has a dog. So he's an animal lover, I think. And he's coming back. And he's coming back and he's not the light. Oh dear. Is it still good? Oh my Just move now. Well, you sit back, Dan, because you're... Sorry, you're probably about to get a load of jump cuts here. Just It's all gone tits. Maybe not, maybe I'll keep it in. Who knows? This is for the outtakes reel. I can't really remember how I had it, to be honest. So I'm just going to try and... That will do. I mean, if there's inconsistencies, you've just witnessed what happened. Unless you're listening to the podcast. Works and in. it won't make any difference for you, so... Uh, so don't worry about it. Don't worry. The lighting's <sighs> off, but the audio's okay. Hopefully. Now. Yes. Uh, you, so you, Umbrella Academy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's an easy watch. It's, it's superheroes. It's funny. Yeah. It's a little bit dark. Like, Are you bored of superheroes yet? Yeah. I am. Yeah. Which is like, the main reason I haven't watched the Umbrella Academy, I'm gonna be honest. It is different from uh, most superheroes. I, I'm sure it is. I just at this point I'm sort of so worn out with superheroes and superpowers. Like they used to be a novelty, those kind of films. And like I remember when um Yeah. I mean obviously I, I don't really count like Chris Nolan's Batman films in that sort of category. Well, they're not so much a super... They're a good film that so yeah. happens to have super... But I remember, like, the, the, around the time, like, the Marvel stuff started happening and Iron, Iron Man, Man and Thor, Hulk, Thor yeah. Captain America, and then the Avengers. I was actually, like... I was I was pretty keen. Like, I watched all fun, of those exciting. and, like, watched the build-up to the Avengers and all that kind of stuff and kept the tabs on it. Now there's so much that it just feels a bit like... I just I can't anymore. Like can't keep up with it. Yeah, and like maybe not can't. I just don't. don't want I, to. I I tell you what, I least don't want is just another origin story. I'm done with origin stories. I mean, that is a good thing about this Marvel universe. Like Karen. Yeah, on. you don't keep getting origin stories. You don't get the same Spider-Man film every well, two seconds. They should have just stopped Endgame. Like, See, I haven't even seen that. So. It's really good. Like, go yeah. watch it if you haven't, but... Should have like, been the end. Yeah. I mean, it's called it, Endgame. Exactly. It just, it would have worked very well. I was about to say some things about it, but if you haven't watched it, you don't want to ruin it. So, we'll we'll leave that. Yeah. I, I feel like I think I've still... seen all the spoilers by this point. Yeah, I feel like it's still not long enough that we could... It's not like saying Darth Vader is Luke's father. Like, there's not been yeah. that much True. time. yeah. Needs more time. 
Although I feel like you can still ruin Game of Thrones now and it doesn't matter because they ruined it themselves. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm so glad I did not watch... The whole lot. The get, whole lot. Yeah. Because now... Because everyone got disappointed. By, like Most people, I think, have said they were disappointed by the ending. Uh-huh. And I, I'm just... I'm so glad that I didn't bother. Yeah. Because just... It, like... I can't imagine what it would have been like to just get into the end and it'd be disappointing like that. Yeah. I've been quite lucky because I haven't really... There's not been many series like that for me where the ending has sort of ruined it because mm. like, I wasn't really into Lost. I think I saw the first series, which was... Yeah. The first series itself was... We were almost too young. Pretty good, but... To really get into that. Yeah. But that I think for a lot of people, that ended oh, badly. Yeah. Life on Mars... Ended well, which was yeah, really good. Um, I still haven't watched Life on Mars actually. I've like, like seen bits. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend Ashes to Ashes, although if you want like the complete. Oh, they part of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a sequel in a way. Ah, in all fairness, it was only until like maybe a week ago I realised Frasier spin off of Cheers. Yeah, I was like, yeah. ah, watch the like part of an episode of Cheers. No. Not putting my time into that. <laughs> I can't, right. Maybe it gets better, but... Fraser's great, though. Fraser is... Never liked it as when I was younger. No, I think it, it's hard to get into. It's definitely more of an adult You have to have program. lived in your own flat and had a shitty job to fully understand yeah. the pains of Fraser. But it's... Uh, Fraser's, yeah... Probably, and I, I think good. I'm slightly underappreciated. I think. I think so. Um, I do really like it though. It took me a long time though because it used to be on like before everybody loves Raymond or something. Yeah, and when you're younger, everybody loves Raymond. Much easier. It's, to... it's easier to <laughs> like digest. Um, what have I been watching recently? Mm. I am. Um, or listening to. I mean, I've been really struggling actually, like the, the whole of lockdown to actually watch stuff. Because, like, even stuff, mm. like, that I would normally, like, devour, like, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Have you finished that yet? I still haven't finished it. And it's just because I'm really struggling to watch stuff at the moment. Plus, you have just bought a new vinyl player. So, you are basically I've going through your whole yeah, vinyl collection. Yeah, I've been listening to stuff. Like, me asking what you've been listening to, that's, like, 20 different albums, I reckon. Yeah, because I've been discovering, I've been rediscovering albums. That I've like the one I texted you about the other day, the Mogwai, yeah, Mogwai. the latest Mogwai album. I'd forgotten how good that is. I was like, oh yeah, there's a reason I bought the deluxe version of this. Yeah, um, it is actually a really good album. And it's actually a really good album. Mogwai, like I've always like when an album comes out, I'll listen to it and go, oh, that was quite good. Yeah, and then I always forget that they exist. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember if I actually bought tickets or not. I'm pretty sure I'm seeing them next year at the Roundhouse. Mm. Because I saw the tickets. I, saw, I got like an email from, I don't know, Live Nation or yeah. whatever. It was like Mogwai for next year. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'll right. book this now because I'll forget about Mogwai otherwise. Yeah. And I think actually they'd be really good live. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I've been re I've been re listening to a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, well, I tell you what, we did just rewatch. Yes, the anima on Netflix. Yes, 
Um, so I forget the name of the director. What's Paul it? Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, who's done a lot of work with Radiohead over the years, but obviously also very prolific film director. Um, mm. Did he do the... Um, oh, what's the video that's backwards and goes through all the doors? Uh, Daydream, yeah. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember that one. Um, oh, well. And it's actually got a similar vibe, actually, to the anime mm. film, hasn't it? Um, so if you don't know... Um, so Tom York's Anima released last year uh, bef- just before it was released I want to say it was almost like a little teaser for the album wasn't yeah because it? it's only three tracks um, there's like a 15 minute short film on Netflix um, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson starring Tom York which also might I say first form of like music video on Netflix. on Netflix because yeah. there's like there's the live videos but yeah it's an actual it's a music video mm. which is prolonged which I did have my I mean obviously lockdown COVID all of this sh- stuff but like I really expected more of this to happen shortly after mm. I would really have my hopes up for like more bands to be like oh let's do some, some stuff on inter- Netflix really yeah. interesting shit yeah yeah, and it hasn't really materialised. Um, I could see it, but but I could see, you know, someone like we talked before about because the internet and Charles mm. Gambino, I could see if anyone's going to do it. Like yeah, that. Donald Glover. And I still haven't watched Guava Island on Amazon Prime yet, but I think that's sort of a film music yeah. video thing. For whatever reason, well, actually, no, not for whatever reason. For the reason that Amazon Prime, anyone can put stuff on there. Yes. It's much easier. Like, for me, it's not as impressive. Because we could make a video and stick it up on Amazon Prime if <laughs> yeah. we wanted to. Netflix, on the other hand... It's you a got, more tricky. Yeah, yeah, there's a board meeting at some point there. Yeah. Um, i tell you what would be interesting. Oh, there is some shit on Netflix. There is, that, yeah, there is some shit on Netflix. <laughs> Didn't what? you watch something about? Hang on, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Tangent. Didn't, didn't you watch something about killer nuns or something? What was it? Oh. A nun assassin. Um, no, I think it was literally called Killer Nuns. Yeah. What was it called? Would we not discuss that one called... yet? No, we haven't. We, yeah, it wasn't killer called nuns. Killer Nuns. It was called Nun Assassin or something. No, what was it? All right, let's get Netflix up. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty. Does it introduce you to Killer? No, maybe not. None. None. Netflix. Warrior Nun. Warrior Nun. Yeah. You, you discovered an artist through that, didn't you? Uh, I did. Oh, what's her name? This is good. This is good podcasting. You've had George trying to tackle a beat. Yeah. You've had us stumble over. We have been drinking a little bit, so. A little bit. But not, not that much. In all fairness. So, this isn't anything to do with why I watched. And it's very hot. Yeah, it's still 30 i think it's 30 degrees oh no it's still 32 degrees and, and it's, it's like core past eight um you know what i can't remember her name she's i'll she's put Brazilian. the name here yeah we'll put Look, the album and the song title there so if you're listening yeah. to this you need to go to youtube because we don't want to i don't want to sit here and waste your time and find out what it is sorry um, you were saying I was saying <laughs> something unrelated as well is uh, 
our neighbors who are literally just over there introduced me to cocoa canoe which is a coconut rum that this isn't an, uh, an advert sponsor by the way but it just but if they do want to sponsor us yeah uh, get in touch tastes great just straight right. it's, it's, it's a 40 percent sort of spirit yeah i can just sit there and sip at it nice or do you want to try a little bit of my coconut rum i would sip it but oh that is nice that's straight rum that's, That's very 40, nice. Though. I think it's 42%. That goes down like a fucking tree. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say it now. So the camera just died uh, for those watching. But that's fine. We'll get back to what we're talking about in a minute. But Coco Canoe. Good. I want you to sponsor the podcast so that you could give us free rum. It's a good rum. Uh, so I thought you were going to say something specific about Tom York. No, I wasn't going to say something about Tom York. I was going to say it would be interesting to have directors who do music videos having almost a section. Like, if you type in Studio Ghibli, it comes up with all the Studio Ghibli mm. films. Typing in music video directors, and it comes up with all their music videos. And yes. then having them making films for music. And, like, having little categories for music videos on Netflix. Yeah, because you, like, look at someone like Joseph Kahn, who does all of the sort of, mm. a lot of the Taylor Swift stuff. You think, like... I wonder what else he does. Yeah, and like what... Because I haven't really like digged into his career yeah. or anything. He may have done lots of stuff, but like lots of films or whatever. But mm. like, I wonder what like, a longer Joseph Kahn experience would be like. Yeah, because you always either have to go to their website and it's like embedded on the website or it's on Vimeo. I don't know about you. Vimeo's stupid. Like what is the need for Vimeo? Now, see Vimeo... Because I swear all film related people yeah i had been here for a while yeah everyone who does film or makes film or is part is of film Vimeo. does film yeah yeah why what it's why like are we a not more pretentious youtube then? but then why are we not using that all the time well i don't know because i feel like we should really because there is a lot of good stuff on vimeo but but is it just because but, people don't put it on youtube like is there something about the functionality of vimeo that's better than youtube because for me vimeo is not I don't even know. Yeah, I don't think it's really anything functionality-wise. I mean, there is something quite cool on Vimeo, which I don't know if you can do on YouTube, or I've never been able to... You can, like, replace a video file. So if you... But, like, keep all your views and stuff. Can you do that on YouTube now? Yeah, I think you you have to have... You couldn't for a while. I think you do have to have over, like, 300 subscribers or something to be able to do that. But then you are also limited on Vimeo. You have to, like, pay to upload more than a certain amount of stuff. What? Yeah. Um, That's weird. But what I will say about Vimeo is like, I don't really know why film people use Vimeo more, but there was definitely a perception at film school that like, we look down on YouTube. Don't put your film on YouTube. Put it on Vimeo. I mean, there might be some sort of argument for compression rates between YouTube There probably and is, but like... But it's like saying, listening to something on Tidal or Spotify, like, I'm a musician, I still have Spotify. I'm like, Yeah. I mean, I've got them on both at this point. Like, I just put yeah. stuff on both and you just... Fingers in the pies. Well, yeah. Like, also, more people are on YouTube. Mm. So... Putting stuff... If I see, an art, like, a director or something only put their stuff on Vimeo, it's like, are you purposely trying to be so artistic... That you want to close yourself off for a massive vein of like viewers. Now that leads on to an interesting conversation because I feel yeah. like 
Tom York. <laughs> it does do that. But then, does it? Because, so, I would say Tom York mm. and Radiohead, even though Radiohead at this point are quite a mainstream in terms of, like, popularity, they're a massive band, right? Yeah. You think of, you think of early noughties, 90s. They're there with, like... Bands. You think Coldplay, Oasis. Radiohead, Oasis. You know, it's the, yeah. it's those kind of bands that dominated, like, the Pyramid stage at Glastonbury. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but there is also quite a uh, perception about Radiohead that, you know, the fans are snooty towards other music. I mean, in all fairness, I definitely was slightly on edge about doing an album by Radiohead or anyone could to do with Radiohead because their fans are so pretentious. Yeah. And and I think uh, I think often people don't give Radiohead a chance. People who have not listened to them before won't give them a chance because of that perception around them. Yeah. Whereas actually, um, and for a long time, my dad actually was like really quite, like, just didn't get Radiohead, didn't like them. And then it was mm. only until I um, basically made him sit down and listen to Moonshape Pool from start to finish yeah. that he was like, which is probably one of their more accessible albums, mm. but that he then started to really appreciate them and was like, oh, actually, they're much better mm. than I thought and actually yeah. much more accessible, they're, they're accessible in a way yeah. than I thought they were. Um, now, Tom York's work... His solo work is probably on the more pretentious side, less accessible side. <laughs> yeah, pretentious side. But then, interesting that he then puts his film on Netflix, which is very much like a open. It's a very mainstream thing yeah. to do. It's a, it's quite a power play. Yeah, it's like oh, Beyonce didn't do that, and it but was quite. It, it was quite like a. It was front page Netflix. Yeah, like they. Yeah, they promote it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because Tom York and in line Radiohead as well has managed to become a mainstream rock idol, I could kind of sway, but he's then used that to just do kind of what he maybe wanted to do all along, mm. which was just be really artsy and out there. But he just went the other way about it. Yeah. Rather than being artsy and then slowly being broken down by the industry and becoming more kind of Michael Bay-esque, hmm. he was gone the opposite direction. And it means that people actually listen to his really artsy kind of limit-pushing music. But however pretentious this album is, or however artsy or unaccessible, it is good. It is and actually, very good. And actually, I think on the surface may not seem very accessible, but it's actually probably his most accessible piece of work. Yeah, and you, I think you could play Dawn Chorus, which I will endlessly go on about. Yeah, as I think it's one of my favorite songs ever. It's it's stunning, and it's so simple. Um. Well, you could have a song like Dawn Chorus on, like, a, like um, Taylor Swift's latest album. Like, mm. It's got that emotional context. Like, it's a song that could work in any genre, really. It just so yeah. happens that he's written it. And when I first heard it, I don't know what it was. 
but it did make me quite it, it actually like brought on an emotional Emotion, yeah. uh, like reaction mm. um and i'm not even sure i could tell you what the song is necessarily about no because I i've never really like broken down the lyrics or anything like that but but some songs are like that like it's so surface level emotional like mm. it just taps into almost like a raw instinct of emotion you almost don't look into it that much yeah but it's weird as well because it's not necessarily on the surface particularly like um, well i think it's emotional in the sense of like he it doesn't feel like an emotional song in terms of like like an adele song where she's like no really like pushing out all this emotion it's like it almost feels like you're listening to like a broken man well, almost like, talk yeah. to you yeah it's like hearing the thoughts of that lonely man at the back of the bar. Mm. Just like he's lived a life, but he has no more energy to kind of express how he feels. And you're just experiencing that, which maybe I suppose you could fit into the kind of dawn chorus. It's like that as the sun and time is coming down, it's the chorus of that. It's yeah. That. Just, I always think of, I don't know if it's because of the visual element of the the start of Anima as him on a tube train, but I, mm. I do I do always think of sort of tra- like a, on a commute that kind of that kind of person who's who's doing a job they hate commuting to it back and forth every day, and it's just that sort of broken yeah. down like there's no energy anymore. They're just sort of um, going mm. through the motions, kind of thing. It's how I. Well, actually, what does anima mean? Because I get that feeling off the whole album. Because mm. um, anima is a word, isn't it? Yes. Um, and it... Anima, the feminine part of a man's personality or the part of the psyche which is directed inwards in that's, touch with the subconscious. That's very appropriate. Yeah. That's actually quite interesting as well because when we're watching the uh, the video... Mm. on netflix i noticed that when they're walking through the tube station in the background there's a poster and it and on the poster it says um what do your dreams mean um Mm. and so that idea of the part of the psyche which is directed inwards in touch with the subconscious is quite interesting that they've like layered that throughout that video And and it does feel like a bit of a dream that that whole video anyway yeah, I'd never realised also that the feminine part of a man's personality actually had a word. Mm. And it's interesting because, like, it's quite a label, really. Of like, where do you draw the line between what's a masculine and a feminine personality? Yeah. Like, it must be quite prominent if it has a word. Like, maybe not so much now, but... To think of going up to someone and being like, oh, you've been va- acting very anima today. Like, saying that you've been ex- overly feminine with your personality traits mm. today compared to normal. It's quite... I don't know whether how much that necessarily reflects on the album itself. That, like, You could argue with the film that the that lead female role that's playing alongside him, is that... Another part of himself. Yeah. Yeah. 
like he's constantly trying so to dance and juggle and they do like that. sort of there are points where they mirror each other yeah and that's where they look most happy as well especially moving in sync with each other during dawn chorus where they're doing like they keep doing that thing where they're trying to look into each other's eyes is that mm. them trying to understand each other and trying to be like can i accept this effeminate part of myself and yeah look you in the eyes i'd be curious to know if that's something that was thought about on the, yeah because that is the top definition that comes up on google but I do, like, definitely the part of the psyche which is directed inwards in touch with the subconscious. And I think that's, I think, it, I mean, yeah, with <laughs> a load of connectives. <laughs> the, um, with lockdown, anima has definitely become more common. We've had a lot more time to be in touch with our subconscious. Yeah. Like, our subconscious is almost not our subconscious anymore during lockdown anyway, because you're living with yourself so much. Everything that has been sub-level, that's been suppressed by work and day-to-day life, you've now had all this time, it's all surfaced. and Yeah. I, think, I also think it comes back to like, um, I don't know, it's a perception that people are trying to change now. But it's still endemic throughout mm. our society in terms of like the way men deal with mental health and the way women deal with mental health is, is yeah. quite different. And that like it's seen as like a feminine trait to talk about your feelings or mm. uh, and like um, you know I know like just for myself I don't really talk about my own feelings, do I? Yeah. Like generally. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think consciously I'm doing it because I'm like, oh, men don't oh, do I that. Oh, I must protect myself. Yeah, but I do think there's something interesting about that as well in terms of the, the, uh, the album is quite exposing. Yeah. In that way, it's, it's, it's a very, and I think actually to be fair, like Tom York has always been a bit like that. Yeah. Um, but to then put, the anima name onto that is quite interesting in terms of... Uh, well, I suppose you could say this album is Tom York reflecting on how anima he's been throughout his whole career and life. Mm. And it's only now at this point where he can fully accept who he is and express exactly how he feels rather than trying to use metaphors and kind of beat around the bush. He's actually saying, this is me. And it goes with the kind of artwork and the film itself yeah. very simple very to the core i also think the music itself is yeah. pretty simple when you listen to it stripped back yeah but, i mean it's it's quite it's electronic based but it's still very it's almost acoustic though yeah it's it's the way he's used synths is by trying to create acoustic sounds that feel natural but also unrelated to a reality that you live in mm. in a way because they still feel organic but you don't go oh that's a nice cello or that's a nice piano and that comes across visually in the film as well it's it's yeah. definitely a world you recognize and that's sort of got an eastern european sort of vibe yeah. to it but it's also got that slight uh sci-fi tinge to it ageless but 
futuristic. Yeah. Everyone's wearing sort of boiler suits. Yeah. And obviously, like, the, the synchronized dancing and all that kind of stuff adds to the sort of otherworldly nature of it. Very nondescript. Yeah, there's not really a time period to that to that film. Yeah. It's quite a timeless piece of film, but equally is still very grounded in, like, what, we know and the fact that it starts on a tube train it does get a slightly more abstract as it goes along but mm. starts in a tube train ends in a street um mm. which are two obviously very recognizable and sort of in the middle almost goes into his subconscious and travels through his dreams and that kind of thing it's almost yeah. like you're looking at like a, almost a day in the life of tom york in that kind of like yeah the commute then like he's i don't know he's fallen asleep on the train and now he's dreaming and now he's got off the train and he's walking home it's that kind of like yeah you know it's that back and forth within your own head and the kind of things that you avoid talking about necessarily mm. or avoid confronting and the whole thing he's kind of also trying to run away from it as well a little bit yeah yeah yeah, we got quite far into this anima thing. I'd never... I'm surprised I never actually looked up, because I always thought the name was great. But it is also, yeah, so relatable. Also, on another note, he does use our favourite font on the, does, on the yeah. cover. Um, and the image of the falling man mm. on, the, on the front of anima, it's almost like he's falling into his subconscious, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like... There's a lot to unpack there, I think. Interesting mm. here, it says uh, Tom York wrote anime following a period of writer's block and anxiety. So probably kind of trying, like, feeling very lost in his own subconscious. Because the subconscious can be very... It can be very freeing, but also entirely intoxicating and... Yeah. If you get too lost in your own subconscious, sometimes it can feel like you're overanalyzing yourself and you're prejudging yourself before anyone else does. This is interesting as well. It says that he, he was inspired by seeing a flying lotus improvising live loops and they divert it through live performances and then he would send Nigel Godrich like really long unfinished tracks and then Godrich would like edit them down to like shorter samples and loops which is quite interesting because we're mm. talking about how how it's an electronic album that feels very still very much grounded yeah. and that that makes sense if he's just sort of performing these live long pieces himself then he's just expressing his emotions through these like electronic samples he's creating and then well, he's, he's all... got Nigel Godrich to then like well, he's almost what he's done is built a big solid slab of marble mm. from the ground up, and then because like marble on its own is beautiful, yeah. And then he's taken it to somebody and gone, "This is me. Dig out my subconscious yeah. from this slab of marble, and that's why it still feels so organic because he has built this beautiful rock." He's just needed to get somebody else and he's then developed on it to sculpt what he sees as himself and his subconscious yeah. from this organic thing that he's built. I want to see if um, 
says anything in here about the short film. Yeah, it does. And just about the way it was made, like what the idea behind it was. I do find it, like, do you think it was a a decision to not do all of the tracks? Or is or it... Or a budget thing. Yeah, is it a budget thing or is it a creative decision? I mean, I hope it's a creative decision. It's hard to tell, really, to be fair. This is interesting. It says Tom York came from a concept from York about workers whose bodies don't work anymore and are being pushed by an invisible force, which is sort of coming back to what I was saying about how, you know, when you're like working a job you hate and you're just doing that commute and your body's just just sort of work, it's just like automatic and you don't. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's very well made if you've not watched it. Um, would you, okay, here's a question. Would you recommend someone listen to the album first or watch the video first? Because I watched the video first and then listen to the album. Um, I don't know, because when watching, watching it first, maybe if, if you don't know who Tom York is and you don't know what he looks like or anything, watch it first. But I found myself when watching it, it felt, I definitely had a slight preconception seeing his face and being like, oh, it's a Tom York thing. Mm. Whereas listening to it, I think I actually listened to it first and was just the production and the, it was so far away from anything I'd heard from Radiohead or Tom York. It was like, okay, all my concept preconceptions were out the window. Yeah. So if you do know who Tom York is or Radiohead, just listen to the album. Just listen to it because it is a different experience from anything you've heard him do so far. Yeah. Yeah, I probably agree. Because it's interesting with the national film that yeah. we talked about. I'm not sure which one you would say to listen to or watch first, but I think... I'd say either is fine. But I think the... Uh, the film is more digestible. Yeah, and I, I also think that the album, the national album is made better by the short film. Yes. Whereas I don't think you could necessarily say this for that. And it doesn't feel as much intertwined as that national record does with... Yeah. Probably because they were making the film and the album at the same time and there was mm. they were sort of inspired by each other in a way. Whereas this definitely feels more like a extended music video yeah it's a glorified music video exists also like it the video feels just like one point of view of how the album feels as well Mm. because the album is very open it is quite abstract and open in the way it's written yeah like listening to the lyrics and the music there's nothing that really necessarily drags me or puts it in a box for me emotively yeah but the video still makes sense, but I can still listen to the album and feel a completely different way and have completely different imagery. Mm. But it is also a fantastic video. Oh yeah, like there's no the directing, doubt that it's, the filming. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's very well made, and they obviously they clearly had a lovely budget for it and were able to sort of. I mean, I think they built like a platform for it etc to so there's this yeah. point where it looks like they're walking up a platform 
like walking uphill, but the cameras, everything's still level. So yeah. they're like leaning forward. Yeah. In, a, in an almost like Michael Jackson way of like leaning forward. Yeah. Um, Which is just life. Like there's this invisible hill that you're constantly struggling yeah. up and nobody really perceives it, but you're all on it. Like it isn't that everywhere's everyone's on it, but some people are managing to go up and down with like it's not there. Yeah. But then sometimes you just lose control and you're the Tom York just running around trying to figure out how you get up this thing. Yeah, just very just so well thought out and put together. I don't know don't know if it says anything about how long the process of this was. Cause I feel like it could be one of two ways, really. It kind of sounds like it could have been developed over, like, three or four years. Mm. Also sounds like it could have been done in, like, two months. Yeah. Because it definitely captures something. But it's also, like, the production, the image, all of the artwork, the the film is all so perfectly knitted together. It feels like it couldn't happen so almost accidentally over two months. Yeah, it, it feels... I mean, I would probably say this is like, this is a rare example of an album being pretty much perfect. Like... Yeah. There's not a lot. Because it doesn't... And especially for Tom York, there's no fancy theory that like stands out at all. There's yeah. no over-the-top lyricism or poetry. It's just very straight, honest, pure. Yeah. It doesn't distract from its own goal. Yeah. Which is quite rare in an album. And like, yeah, again, especially with the artwork, the film, it's all, it could have all been a lot more complex or a lot more over-the-top it wasn't like even the fact that the vinyl just comes in a really it's a cardboard sleeve which apparently was nominated for a grammy this packaging but it's just literally one piece of cardboard and it's folded over and glued on these edges like very raw yeah almost quite imperfect really like if anyone else released this on like just any old random album you'd be a bit disappointed if it turned up yeah but actually, it's really lovely and makes... It's like, oh no, this sense. is exactly how this should be. And it's all rough and like proper cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost as if... I mean, it obviously hasn't because it would be a nightmare. Yeah. But it's almost as if Stanley Donwood has sketched directly onto your yeah. piece of cardboard. And... However it's been printed on, it's been... The, like, the tone of it is perfect. I, I mean, again, I'd be interested to know how much time was put into a, such an effortless-looking packaging. Because mm. it looks effortless. But the fact that it looks effortless must have meant there was so much time poured yeah. into it. Um, any closing thoughts on this album? Go listen to it. Yeah. Go watch it. And probably buy it on vinyl as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I think this will be an album that will keep... Maybe not for the next five years, but I think in the next 10, 20 years, it'll be an album that slowly crops its way up like 
the top 100 albums of yeah 2000s. it's already like i got a new <clears throat> sound system recently and um i got this record just before getting my new sound system and thought i'll wait until i get it yeah play it on like all fresh and new on it but it's already probably one of my most played records on my new yeah because it just sounds there's something so crisp about the sound of this album that just everything really feels like it's in the right place mm, yeah and like there's there's no muddiness at all which i found like with some of tom york's earlier work like solo work there was almost a slightly um, muddled feeling in some of the production in terms of like he had a lot yeah. going on and sort of felt like he just threw a lot of stuff a lot of ideas at things yeah and this feels so nicely refined and it'd be interesting to hear what like the original demos and stuff demos like those 10 minute 20 yeah. minute whether they're like improv. quite busy and whether they've like stripped it back yeah but there's something <clears throat> like you said i think almost acoustic about this album because it's just so i would almost if i was to compare it like the feeling it gives me is how i feel have you ever seen much of henry moore's sculpture work Mm. that it doesn't necessarily resemble anything but it can also resemble everything and it's so natural it's always very smooth it's not in your face it's not abrasive it's not too abstract, but it's also quite pure and wholesome. You, like, you, you could pick it up as a pebble on the beach and you'd just think it's a happy accident. Yeah. But also you'd feel it and be like, no, this has been perfectly crafted, but is it crafted by nature or is it crafted by man? And it's like, It sits in that barrier that is so hard to get with a finely crafted album made by a person. Mm-hmm. Well done, Tom York. And on that bombshell, we'll (laughs) leave it there. Thank you very much for watching and listening. If you like what you saw and heard, then please, it's weird me now having to add, like, scene and what you've watched onto the thing. Because I had my own little pattern now, so sort of I have to adapt it. You've all jumbled. Uh, If you like what you saw and heard, then please uh, hit subscribe on YouTube. Hit subscribe over uh, on whatever podcast platform. Ding the bell. That you may be listening to. Ding the bell so you know when we upload. <laughs> and um, and follow us on their social media uh, handles and accounts and all that that's in the description of this podcast. And then join us next time when we will be talking about George... We're going to do Leanne Le Havis's self-titled Leanne Le Havis. Go check it out. Listen, Listen. let us know what you think about the album. And join us next time. Until then, thank you for watching and listening. Goodbye.